I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. With Luke! Luke for the line! Keeps it alive! Reynolds! Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Yes, g'day guys. Welcome back to another episode, a live episode of the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Sunday Sesh, where we review round 11 of NRL Supercoach for 2023, sponsored by the Standard Squeeze. I'm your host, the Supercoach Brain, and I'm joined, as always, by the king of the punt, I've heard, the Supercoach Matrix. Matty, big weekend for you. How'd you go? Oh, yeah. Uh, 11.93 in Supercoach. Um, big uh, big Mother's Day out there. Shout out. Happy happy Mother's Day to mum, mother-in-law Mary, and uh, Elle, my wife. Hope you have a ripper. Oh, Ellen's a champion. She's putting Theo to bed on Mother's Day while I uh, while I talk shit with you. So, um, yeah. Very good. Well very done, good. We are very, uh, very lucky to have wives that uh, put the hard yards in so that we can talk shit <laughs> and uh, chat a bit of NRL on a Sunday evening. How good. And, and, and our listeners too. So, like, yeah, 4% of our listeners are females. So, I'm sure one of them's a... A mum and ninety six percent of us come out of a mum. So um, absolutely good yeah. math, very good math from you. You yeah. didn't miss one person. Look, look at me go. Yeah. <laughs> now, happy Mother's Day to all the mums out there, and uh, you know what? Uh, what a round! What a round of footy to celebrate Mother's Day. Uh, we're, you know, we're lots yeah. of good games. Not quite sure about my super coach score though. Eleven eighty one. You say eleven ninety three. So we're about the same within yeah. 10, 12 points of each other. Bit of a tricky round. Not yeah, quite I sure like whether it's par or not, par. though. Like, yeah, you reckon 1,200's par? I think 1,200's par amongst the good Supercoach community is probably what I'm thinking. I think this might be enough for us to hold position, not move too much. 
uh, maybe get a top 20% finish or, or something along those lines. Um, yeah. If you went a bit spicy and went away from Captain Nico, you know, it was probably hit and miss because I saw a few Cody Walkers and um, and Joey Manus and some stuff like that. It wouldn't have paid off. But, yeah, there was there were some better scores than Nico's today, so. Yeah, I assume that the captaincy would have decided the round. I mean, we're starting to get to a point in the season where there's a lot of similarities between teams. I think I've played a few matchups in the last couple of weeks where I reckon maybe there's been four or five differential players in the whole matchup when you've got 17 playing. So you've got 12 of the same players. So very interesting to see what the captaincy statistics were in the top 10%. I'll quickly look it up right now before we move forward if my internet lets me. Here we go. So 72.6% of... Uh, the top 10% captain Nico Hines, 9% captain Latrell, 6.7 for Cleary, 4% for Fafida, good decision. And Cody Walker, 3.4% and then 1% for Dylan Brown. So essentially like where you're hovering in between that 80 to 120 kind of mark for the weekend, aren't you? So it should be a relatively tight weekend. Yeah. And like the real difference between Latrell and, um, who are we talking about? Luttrell and Nico probably hasn't come up yet. We know Nico's really good at getting those unicorn points. So, yeah, could yep. could be a bit of movement could get there some, yet. So. Yeah, so could get some good upgrades. Fingers crossed. I love waking up on a Monday morning and just checking my Supercoach app and seeing how many unicorn points I got overnight. It's always a good time. Is there, is there anything better than a Sunday night Nico game? Oh, yeah, love it, love it. Hey, question for you, and, and I'm sure that everybody will be interested in this conversation. Players that you're shit scared not to own. Because I, I was watching Reese Walsh on, was it Friday night they played? Um, oh, yeah. No, Thursday night. Thursday night. And goodness me, that was probably, and I mean, I've watched Nico Hines score 180 on me. I was more scared of what Reese Walsh was going to do to me that night, especially the way that he started. He was on 40 after about 15 minutes. I thought, shit, this could be a disaster because uh, I traded him out this scored about 19 off that first run. Yep. And then... After that, he just did nothing for a while. And then, I mean, he had that try, a couple of tries disallowed. I was uh, thanking my lucky stars a couple of times. I think Chris Coombs, a good good friend of the podcast, has uh, went went the early crow on uh, Reese Walsh and, and uh, called me out on Twitter and said, hey, hey, how good's Reese Walsh? Uh, and uh, then the try got disallowed and he got about 10 points for the rest of the game. So thanks to Chris Coombs. I, I owe you one big time, mate. Thank you. <laughs> oh, like if we want to wanna start digging into Reese Walsh, I've got all day because, you know what, once Renault got down, he tried to do a bit of playmaking, probably overplayed his hand a little bit, but I think the Broncos needed that. And definitely if we come away with that win, um, it was all going to be on Reese Walsh's back. Um, He played excellent, whereas whereas Ezra looked a little out of place without Renault there. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? Because, I mean, Ezra is such a good footy player, but like he relies on Reynolds um, kind of setting up the attack and and kind of, uh, I guess, facilitating. Um, it's kind of like Chris Devin Booker, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, mate, let's rip into – we're obviously going to talk about all games of round 11, all the booms, all the busts. Drop your questions in if you have any questions about the week coming up uh, or if you want to brag about your score pre, uh, pre-lockout or, or pre-updates, I should say. Uh, and then we'll talk about early trade thoughts, I guess, for round 12 at the end of the pod as well. Um, obviously, with the buys approaching as well, Matty, if anybody hasn't had a chance to to go through and have a look yet, we did a specific buy planning episode. So make sure to go and check the Insight Fantasy Sports YouTube out for that or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, if it's audio that you're looking for. It'll be there. 
Uh, we did a full episode on buy planning, so go and check that out. One of our better pieces of work, I think, for for two blokes that aren't exactly that switched on. So we've done we've done okay, I think. Yeah, and to be to be honest, most of our content isn't relevant three or four days down the track. But I think this buy planning is something that you can look back on and uh, and pick up and get a little bit out of it as we move into these at least this first buy round. So we might do yeah. another one heading into the other buy round as as there's been you know a few changes and as we see the Origin team. I know you were googling when do Origin teams get named because uh, yeah, I'm sweating on a couple. So Hardy Young being one, I look- think everybody would know. Oh. I've looked looked at your search history, and that was the most interesting thing I saw. So, yeah, because usually I go incognito, mate. If I need to do anything sus, so you're not <laughs> going to find anything on my phone, don't you worry, um, mate. Uh, you know, lastly, before we rip into the games, the Standard Squeeze are obviously a big sponsor of the podcast. We thank them for their support. If you haven't heard of the Standard Squeeze, you'll see on Maddie's screen and on mine. We've got our four in ones. We've got our beers in them, and uh, they keep them cold the whole time. Uh, so make sure to go and check out the four and ones on the standard squeeze.com. Maddie's also got his squeeze right there. Is that the meat? It's like, looks like the medium sized squeeze. Yeah, that's the midi midi. I've got, yeah. I've got gin in my little one and I've got some whiskey in my midi. Nice. So. Like that. And then obviously perfect pour, right? So you don't have to worry about any guesswork. You're not going to get too pissed on a Sunday night. You have to turn up to work on a Monday because you double poured accidentally. Perfect squeeze every single time, as you'll see on the screen there. So all you do is squeeze the bottle and it'll squeeze the perfect pour for you, the perfect 30 mil shot. So you know exactly how much you've drank. Uh, You can obviously plan that out depending on whether you're driving or not. You can slip the little small one that you said you've got gin in. Ever slip that one into the back pocket and got into the footy? (laughs) Not yet, but I should have for magic round. I was in a bit of a rush. (laughs) um but guys check out the standard squeeze we've got a code the insight 15 code to get you 15 percent off at checkout so use that one go to the standard squeeze.com check the guys out quality product actually very affordable as well surprisingly so uh go and check them out mate let's rip in thursday night storm 24 broncos 16 uh not the result that your boys were looking for but super coach wise we still got some decent scores out of this game regardless so what are your thoughts on this one um, like from an NRL standpoint, I would be disappointed if I was a Storm fan, and I'm pretty happy as a Broncos fan. I think we we stuck in there with uh, with Renault going down early. Of course, devastating for Renault owners in Supercoach. But yeah, look, Paddy Garrigan stood up. Um, yeah, I think Billy Billy had a good go at five eights, and Reese Walsh played a played a bit more of a playmaking role. Um, really enjoyed it. Ezra, Ezra probably struggled. Um, but yeah, look, usually if Renault's out for the whole game, we would have got a specialist in like Jock Madden. So yeah, I think we made some adjustments and we made it a good game. Um, you know, of course the, the Paddy Carrigan hip drop and everything's all in the media. Look, I'm not really at liberty to say anything there. Um, I thought it was a bit soft, but anyway, Painhouse was elite. Um, the boys did really good and I'll, would have thought that the storm should have put us away by 40 once Renault went down and uh, they just really didn't. Yeah. I, I mean, the guys that scored well, you would expect them to score well in this game. Cam Munster, 87, Harry Grant, 79, War, uh, Warbrick came to the party and, and obviously rewarded holders. 
with 78, Hughes 77, Katoa 72, Welch, Welch 68 is probably the most impressive score of this weekend considering he got more than 55. Uh, and uh, we're both held. Good. So that's a big win for us. I didn't play him though this week. It's the first week of the year in 12 rounds that I didn't play Christian Welch and he got his best score of the year. So it's standard for me really. But um, can't complain. I shouldn't complain about a 68 for my bench. I played him. It was... I played him, was pretty happy. Um, not too excited about cash generation with Christian Welch. I think um, I planned on being a little bit mid in my second position there. And I am exactly that. <laughs> he freed the arm. He actually offloaded really well. But that's he the difference the between him week, getting 50 so and that 70. Was good. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know he's mates with a few of the Broncos players, and there was some there was some slide remarks, and I know, uh, you know, there was a few punches. Oh, not punches, open-handed pushes, uh, thrown, impacted. So um, actually, there's a bit of biff this weekend, to be honest. Yeah, a bit of uh, negative Corey Horsburgh. So you know, when you go on the open hand punch or open hand slap or whatever you want to call it, uh, Corey Horsburgh didn't do that. And uh, sent to the bin. So the lesson here is to make sure that you don't go closed fist and you just go open fi- uh, open palm the whole time. Yeah, look, it's it's known that that redheads are a bit fiery. So uh, there you go. He does couldn't that, contain himself. Does that mean I get half fire? Because I've got a bit of a red beard. So I've, maybe I'm <laughs> half angry, half normal because I've got brown hair. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um. Busts for this one, obviously Adam Reynolds four. He he went out head butt in the turf, so he's going to miss. Uh, I mean, I don't know whether he misses this coming week. I'd probably say if the Broncos really care about player welfare at all, he'll probably sit out this week. Um, which means, yeah. I mean, probably good for Reese Walsh owners, considering Reese Walsh will get the kicking duties again next week. So for anybody who held Reese Walsh over these two tough games, it uh, might be positive for them. Uh, otherwise, I was happy to see that over Katoni Staggs too. So, yeah, good shout. That's a good. Katoni Staggs kicked earlier on in the year, so I was I was a bit worried about that. So, yeah, I feel like, oh man, Katoni Staggs doing my head in. What do you get? Forty seven again, man. That guy is a professional at getting sub fifty all year. I I drafted him thinking there was going to be a bit of upside in him, and it just hasn't come this year. So you'd be pretty disappointed. But I mean, anybody who's uh, taking classic seriously this year won't have Katoni Sags in their team, so it's not really a talking point. Um, no, Xavier Coates seventeen, Meany forty five. I mean, I think a lot of people sold Meany after he was out for that couple of weeks. So I don't know whether how many people hold held him. Um, but aside from that, mate, any anything else in this game you wanted to bring up? Oh, look, I think a few people looked at Tommy Flegler. I think maybe Corey Horsburgh and Tommy Flegler didn't do themselves too many favours this week with uh, with starting fights and just honestly carrying on like pork chops a little bit. Um, oh, I think Flegler was on the cusp. Maybe we're going to get our sub 400K Flegler with Payne Haas out. Maybe that's a bit of a sideways move if Welch goes. But, yeah, it's just one to watch, really. I think people went early on Flegler. Some people picked him up last week, correct me if I'm wrong. I've seen on Twitter a lot of people were looking at Flegler as that kind of front row forward downgrade, I guess, um, considering it's a little bit sparse in the front row forwards, but don't know whether that worked out too well this week. I don't know if you'd be too disappointed with a 42 from someone you paid 380k for. Um, I paid 320k for Stefano and his 36 every week, so 
here we are. Yep. Good, good shout. Probably a good timing to move on. Um, Bulldogs 12, lost to the Warriors 24. Oh, if you're a Bulldog supporter, you'd be in a bit of pain, wouldn't you? Uh, over the last couple of rounds, they've just they played some really bad football. And this is coming from a Tigers supporter who's used to watching bad football. And it, it's just, it, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good for the Bulldogs at all. They're just not really not clicking. Their back line's just not getting going. Perham's been a little bit ordinary. Decision-making's been quite poor. So, um, But a couple of little gold nuggets to take from the Bulldogs. Harrison Edwards played 80 minutes at 200K. Hmm. What did he get? 90-odd? 94? What are your thoughts yeah, on Harrison Edwards yep. as a buy next week? Um, he'll be about 290K after prices go up. Are you considering him? Is he an option? Yeah, I have been looking to make a change in the front row forward. I was sort of looking towards an upgrade to to Tohu or something, but maybe this is an out for someone like a Davi Moali or a or a Stefano. I haven't had too much of a chance, of course, spending spending that time um, on Mother's Day. But yeah, look, really, I think Harrison a- Edwards is going to be a bit of a no brainer. I actually found myself watching this Bulldogs team and not knowing a lot of the players, and we watch a lot of footy. <laughs> I'm just like, who's that guy? Honestly, was googling it. Yeah, you, when you said that, it came up in my head with the Conor McGregor gif. Who the who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> um, I reckon it was like half of my night watching this game. So, um, but no, to be fair to the to be fair to the Bulldogs, Harrison Edwards could be a good option next week. I'm seriously considering even just going sideways from David Mowali to Edwards. Uh, you, he could honestly make 100 150k at worst. Uh, I know he doesn't play round 13 and a lot of people are looking in that direction at this point in time, but uh, I've got 12 for round 13 as of right now. So I'm not in a bad position. I've got two weeks to really kind of find two round 13 players. So I'm not overly concerned about that considering I've already got a buy plan in terms of who I'm trading out. There's a couple of big names I'm trading out that I'll find a round 13 player for. So I'm not overly worried about that. Adam Fanil, Blake 92 in this game. He scores a try again. I mean... This guy just keeps finding the line. Remember the right back at the start of the season when we said Wade Egan just won't continue to score tries and he just kept scoring tries? It feels like that all That's over again. Guy. It must be something about the Warriors. Yeah, and I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, well, he's not going to do it again this week. And he does it again. And the ship sailed now if you don't own him. You're not adding, like, your FOMO's not there to add for Noah Blake at whatever. What's he going to be, like 700K? Like, not a chance. But, yeah, look, I'm enjoying watching it. And, uh, yeah, great for people that got on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, What have we got here? Param 66. Torhu, I brought him in this week. Torhu Harris, he got 71. I saw some smart asses on Twitter saying, oh, that's pretty good. 35 average for the next two weeks for Torhu Harris. I'm like, yeah, good one, dickhead. Um. <laughs> Tohu Harris, I'll get 71 from him this week and people forget that I can actually bring in Christian Welch, who's my third front row forward uh, for next week. So I'm doing fine. Don't you worry about that. But He might um, get 69 again. Giggity. Yeah, he might. He might. We'll throw a bit of Quagmire in there when he does. Uh, Reed Midney you've got here, 59. Very mid of Reed Midney. Yeah. yeah. Very mid and pretty happy, really. I'm happy to take, um, you know, 50 to 70 out of, out of my couple guys at the prices I got them. Um, I see Alamotti's in there at 59. You'd be pretty happy if you held, actually, you'd be disappointed if you held on, but here's a small silver lining for you. And, um, yeah, you played him Preston this week. 50 covered his break. Yeah. I didn't play him this week. Yeah. Um, played, um, 
Cam Pereira instead. That was a that was a bit spicy from me. I uh, I never play Preston, so um, yeah, I'm usually disappointed. So <laughs> last yeah, week you would have been with his eighty odd. Yeah, I was, but then the way that I looked, like the way that he scored those tries, didn't get a line break in one of them, um, just didn't have a high base the last couple of weeks. Yeah, look, pretty pretty happy fading that one. I, yeah. I see Matty Burton got a 76 and, you know, Curran, like currently he's not really anyone to talk about and SJ76, well, you're not jumping on him. Um, I wouldn't even downgrade. If you're downgrading one of Nico and Cleary, I probably wouldn't look towards SJ really either. Either would you? Oh, I don't know. I mean, we've. I mean, look, we've openly talked about the fact we're going to be selling Nico Hines and looking at the buys, looking at the draw through Origin. It makes sense. He's going to play one game or two really tough games out of five from round thirteen. So it, it does make a lot of sense. But I don't. I mean, SJ seems to be one of two options: SJ or Adam Reynolds, uh, or maybe even Jamal Fogarty. Though they, those three probably yep. seem like the three options that you would go to go, go from Nico Hines to. I don't know whether I love any of them. Uh, like it, it's it's hard to go from a guy like Nico Hines where you you know you're going to get eighty plus minimum on a bad day, to going down to a guy like Jamal Fogarty who could get forty, or going to Adam Reynolds who could get twenty. You know, um, so that it's going to be a pretty tough decision who to go to there, but we'll, we'll keep an eye out in the next couple of weeks. Maybe it'll be a little bit easier, but honestly, out of those three, SJ's my pick. So somebody we didn't talk about in the last game and somebody we probably should have, we probably a bit of oversight. Um, Jerome Hughes, 530 K um, coming off a of 77 uh, usually plays really well through that, through that buy period usually takes a bit more control uh, with Cam Munster away. You know what? At his price and the extra things I can do with that money, I'd be pretty happy adding him. I'm just the the problem is I think that he's 530k and I think he could skyrocket. Yep. Over the next couple of weeks, if he comes off a couple 70s and 80s, um, that's my concern that I'm overpaying for somebody that in my head I've already decided I'm getting because I saw him at 530k three weeks ago. Uh, yeah, that's that's my concern there. I'm gonna pull myself up and. Yeah, give myself an uppercut if I'm paying, you know, much more than 600K. But I think if he's mid fives or something along those lines, I'd be happy to get Jerome Hughes. I think he's a better option than Fogarty, who you mentioned. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think a lot of people are looking at round 13 and going, I need a player for round 13. But I don't think you do. If you if you buy planned well and you've got 13 or 14 players, you don't need to play a halfback. It's, it's not overly important. I'm actually seeing playing some of those guys and getting them into my team not being around 13 could make them a little bit of a pod. Like everybody's going to be adding the blokes that are playing around 13. And I think I've done enough early that maybe adding uh, Harrison Edwards and a a Jerome Hughes is enough. The the only downer on Storm players are that they only play one of the three major buyers in round 16. That's the only kind of major buy. So you're kind of handicapping yourself a little bit in a way by picking up a Storm player of that kind of caliber. But in saying that, the Storm play the Tigers in round 16. He averages, Jerome Hughes averages 111 against the Tigers in three games. Uh, His lowest score of 103, highest of 123. So he's never not scored 100 against the Tigers. So very interesting stat there. So, I mean, hey, if you like a pod, maybe it might even be worth going a guy that's going to be playing around 13 and then you can go to Hughes for 16 through to 18 and then 
maybe you can get Hines back for that round 18. So, so you're saying if he plays the Tigers over those three buy rounds, he averages as many as Tohu's going to average in the next two weeks? Yep. <laughs> yep. Basically, considering that Tohu isn't yeah, playing cool. this week, isn't he? So, yeah, good. Oh, good okay, math. cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. just, just clarification on that, on that one. Just, yeah, just yeah. checking out your math. Yeah, good. Yeah, cool. Um, TPJ, 48, and CNK, 43. I know we're not talking about 48s as, as busts. They're probably mids. But, um, look, I just, I'm just i just one of those guys that gets tempered, tempted by TPJ every year. Aren't you? Yes. I hate myself, but yes. Uh, and, and every year I do it to myself. Hey, like every year I look at him and I'm like, okay, this guy is he's bottoming out in price. And you you can't help but look at a guy that can just he gets 15 to 20 points in tackle breaks every single week, doesn't he? Like you, you just know that he's going to be there or thereabouts. It's just nothing happening with TPJ and this the, year. And the Bulldogs need something. Like, do you take a punt in the front row forward position? He's going to take another dive. He's 450k right now. He's Gonna be what 430, 420k. Like when like maybe it's a waste of a trade. He's not playing round 13. Maybe it's a waste of a trade. But if Welch isn't playing, like at the start of the year, if you said getting TPJ for Christian Welch, would you be like, oh yeah, that's sideways? Um, you're actually making making a fair bit of money. Yeah. Don't mind it. I don't look, you know what? The Bulldogs play round 16 and 19. So if you're going to pick him up, I don't know whether you get him before round 13 unless you're going and it's creating significant cash for you to upgrade elsewhere. I mean, what what's TPJ right now? 400. What's he what's he cost right now? 400 and He's 450 and he's going to drop. He had a break even of 75 and he just come off another 48. So he'll be about 430 uh dual position, front row second row. Uh what's Christian Welch about the same, isn't he? So I don't no, he's four, oh, I don't know. 490 or 480, isn't he? It's okay. Yeah, but I mean, like, you, you, you create 50K. Like, I don't know whether a trade to create 50K unless it go unless it creates something else that's a really big move for you. Uh, I don't know whether that's worth it. I think the thing is, I think the thing is the extra, you know, hopefully he works his way. Hopefully he can step up, work in his way back from this injury, and he can get an extra 120 points in those buy rounds where we know we'll – I think Christian Welch is going to get picked in origin. And I just think that you're going to get those extra points on the board and you're going to make a little bit of cash along the way. You know what? I'm going to, I don't know whether he does. I don't know whether he gets picked in origin. They've got such a deep forward pack Queensland man. Like they're coming off a series win where he didn't play last year. I don't, I don't know. I don't know whether he plays. I mean, look, Hey, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if he does quality player. Yeah. Billy Slater is one of his best mates. You know, like I feel like there's that connection, that yeah. Melbourne Storm connection. It's probably probably a reality. But, hey, like if he doesn't get picked, I'll be like, I would say, okay, yeah, cool, I get it. I understand why he didn't get picked. Yep. Um, but, hey. And I, I, I mean, probably, look, I'm looking at TPJ probably round 14, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you need to go before round 13, to be honest with you, especially because there's no advantage of going early. Um, yeah. Let's move on. Mate, before we do, we get, let's quickly get to some questions. We've got some comments rolling in. If anybody has any questions about either this week gone or leading into next week, we know you know we do the Tuesday pod, but 
Uh, throw them at us anyway. We'll see what we can do. Uh, Raymond Crane, 12-28. Good score this week. Chris Maxfield, 11-74. Will with an 11-62. So some good scores coming through. It seems like we're about par around that 1,200 mark, Matty, I, I think. Um, yep. Not not super upset with that. Uh, Jackson loves how Cody Walker got s- – he, he did nothing and got 63. <laughs> I'm not a Cody Walker owner. I don't think you are yep. either, are you? So, um, to no. be fair, though. Keep scoring pretty well in this supposed hard draw, so it's only going to get easier for the Rabbits from here. But also, they won 20 nil against the Tigers, and he gets 63. Uh, alarm bells are there for me. Yeah, big time. And look, that's always been the alarm bells, the red flags for Cody Walker, is that he can find his way into doing nothing and getting you 30. So, uh, But he hasn't yeah. done that in the and last the- month. Yeah. And the difference of the way that tar- – uh, that um. I called him Tarpany, that Jackson's thinking um, is the fact that he's trying to find the silver lining in owning Cody and I'm trying to, you know, say, hey, I don't have Cody. How good does it feel? Like, yeah, I understand it though. Yeah, for sure. And Raymond Crane looking at Karaz botting me out, looking forward to Karaz botting me out in a couple of weeks. I think around 14 play. Uh, Can you keep that one to yourself, please, Raymond? Because we're trying to keep that in the down low. Old Karaz, we're going to pick him up nice and cheap and no one notices. So thanks for that. Um, and Will suggesting moving Katoa up to halfback and getting Cody Walker in. That is also an option. Uh, nice little buy run, but, I mean, you're paying premium price for Cody Walker. I don't know whether I want to play 800K for Cody Walker, there's, do you? And, yeah, there's not really – I think there's a bit more upside in halfbacks this year. Um, and there's a few guys that you can get at a really mid price. You're paying that premium price. I'm not sure I want to use all my Nico money for Cody Walker. Um, and I, think I want it's to also... use my Nico money maybe in two or three positions. And it's also important. Yeah, it's a good point. It's also very important to remember that you're going to need that Nico money eventually in round 18 when you want to pick him back up. If you're, if you're following the kind of strategy that we are, where you're moving him around 13, you're going to want him around 18 versus Dragons. So, uh, I will keep that 300k in the bank to make sure that I can get Nico back in. I do not want to get caught short by not being able to have the money to get Nico Hines back in against the against the Dragons in that favourable matchup. So let's move on to the next one. Panthers 48 beat the Roosters four. Goodness me! And, and the man, the cover, the cover photo, the thumbnail. Uh, what would we call him? The cover athlete. For round eleven, Scotty Sorensen one seventy. You've seen my Twitter. I did, I did. I thought you'd like it. Scotty Sorensen one seventy four, the highest ever score in Supercoach by a second row forward. Yeah, right. What, what do you I even make of that? Actually, like, I think Angus Crichton. I mean, sorry, Nat Butcher maybe or Angus Crichton both are up there. I think the one sixty or one fifty odd. Uh, Nat Butcher got yep. one forty odd against the Tigers last year. Got four tries though. Mm. Like they got a uh, they got a front row seat this game. They did, they did. Uh, but also, Scotty Sorensen, you're not picking him, are you? Like, how many people? Okay, over no, under, not a- over over under four thousand super coaches are picking Sorensen up next week. Over, but they're not listening to this show. <laughs> okay, ah, uh, four thousand morons. Sorry, but like, yeah, you're yeah, just chasing oh, last week's points. 100%. They're gonna, he's gonna score 30. Yeah, he's gonna, 
let's play under over 40 points next week. Like, seriously. Yeah, no. Um, you can get a bit of um you can get a bit of cash generation. Yeah, but that's about it. But really. And you you're burning the trade have, going to a bloke like Sorensen. You you'd have to be sitting there, maybe you come in late and you've got 34 trades left. And maybe I would consider it. But yeah, look, right now I'm not in a position to look at Scotty Sorensen, nor would I want to if I had the trades. I think it my wife has about 34, so. 34 trades left. Happy Mother's Day to my wife. I think she's got 30-odd trades, so she's going to let loose over the, over the coming weeks. This is all part of her buy planning that she hasn't thought about at all. So I'm yeah, sure all it's her, All her buy planning to get Scotty Sorensen. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hey, uh, Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary's come out and said, oh, everybody's you know on Jerome Luai's back, 155. I think he's proved everybody wrong. Sorry, mate, you played one game out of 12. Or one game out of 11 that's yep. been half decent and the rest have been a plotter. And, and apparently now yeah, he's earned he a, a rep jumper. It did look like a New South Wales origin uh, trial out there. It did. Yeah, he decided to turn up this week. Funny that. Look, maybe if he was in the second row, we could earn himself a spot. But sitting there at 5'8", I, yeah, if they select him, you know, I'd be pretty As happy. As a Queensland fan, you'd be stoked. Yep. Uh, Nathan Cleary, 82. And i tell you who is going to be on the tip of everybody's lips over the next week is Billy Smith. Coming into his third game uh, next week, 82. He doesn't play round 13, but I don't think anybody really cares when you're looking for a center wing downgrade at 289K. So he's a guy I'm, I'm very seriously looking at. Uh, I even think that potentially, even if Suwali'i goes back to the right wing, Billy Smith holds his spot. Um, so. I don't mind it. What are your thoughts on Billy Smith? Well, we've well, we haven't talked about the fact that Joseph Manu got injured. So even if like I don't know who's next man up for the Roosters, I don't look enough at Drew what Roosters have coming forward. Yeah. Okay. So Drew Hutchinson comes in. Like I think Billy Smith still holds a center spot. Like is that the next man up? Like you know what I was going to say is does a center come in? Drew Hutchinson can probably play center or five eight. But realistically, well? yeah. No, he doesn't do anything well, but <laughs> do the Roosters have any more money? No. So they won't have any more points have anyone for the else. next five or six rounds if they keep that up because, I mean, they look so bad. They were awful. They were awful. And um, Gus Crichton looked awful. He actually just looked like somebody that I've been excited to see him bottom out, much like I've been excited. Like I think Hudson Young bottomed out. I jumped on much like I'm wait, waiting on Sean Lane to bottom out, you know, your Carazas to bottom out. I'm starting to just think that, yeah, Angus Crichton, not for me now. Sad, isn't it? Because we were very high on Gus to start the season and now it's just turned into this whole, what the, I mean, there's probably about seven or eight different better options than, than going with him at the moment. Yeah. And we watched him play that Australia tour and I still think it's a good call. Like we expected him to be better than Cam Murray and we see how Cam Murray's going. Like, yeah, look, yeah, just not getting involved in Gus Crichton. Not actually looking at too many roosters except for maybe, like you said, those bottom dollar guys. Yeah, Billy Smith, serious option. 82 and 90, I think it was last week. He's... Two games have looked great. He's going to have a massive negative break even. He, he will probably go close to being the most purchased player next week. Um, actually, no, I'll go and say that he will be the most purchased player next week. And 
it makes sense. It makes complete sense. Regardless, he's been on a team that's got flogged in two weeks in a row, a team that's looked bloody terrible, and he scored 80 to 90. So uh, all he scored 80 and 90 in teams that they got pumped. They got pumped by 60 the last two weeks. Like, yeah, got to get him, don't you? Yeah, you have to. Yeah, uh, Taruva 65. I sat him. Yep. I, I sat Taruva this yeah, week right. for his 65. And uh, so what I'm going to do moving forward is I'm going to let everybody know who I sit and you just jump on them because they're going to score. They're going to score 60 plus. It's a, it's almost a guarantee every single week and it's pissing me off. But um, Taruva, hey, he lives to fight another day, I guess. You make me some money over the next couple of weeks and I can maybe hold him for a few more and not have to worry. Can I tell you one other person that is not going to live to fight another day? Zach Hosking. Um, got benched because of Scotty Sorensen's um, flash in the pan, let's call it. Um, look, I was real close to moving him last week. It just validated that I don't want him in my team anymore. Yeah, he's going to be one that'll go for me. I And I'll talk about who I'm going to bring in for him very soon, but it'll free up a little bit of cash for me. And... Um, not upset. Not upset about it. Hosking's done his job. We scored. We got the money from him that we wanted to get. We got the scores from him that we wanted to get. And now we can move him on to somebody that maybe might be a stepping stone to a primo. So, or you can go straight up to a primo if you have the cash. Um, Dylan Edwards is uh, firming for New South Wales fullback. That isn't going to happen because they're going to pick Teddy over uh, over him because of loyalty. Um, but Edward, 62, not bad. Or 54, he'll be the winger for New South Wales. Uh, we spoke about Joey Manu already in Hosking. Mate, anything else you wanted to touch on in this game? Not really. Um, I'm waiting on some clarity uh, from Joey Manu's injury before I really make a decision. I just want to hear something from the Roosters that says, you know, a four-week turnaround. Do I consider trading him? Do I move on? Um, do I get him back? Joey Manu was always in my plans through this period, and I feel like I went a little early on him. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really worried, and I think I'm going to have to swerve a little bit. He'll get dual next week, regardless, and I don't think I can make that move of getting him into five eight. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure what I'm going to do with Joey Manu. It's, it's worrying. It's probably the biggest, biggest hole that's going to be left this week for me. So good question from Hamo asking how long Manu is going to be out for. We don't know. We don't have the answer. Um, so, so from what we've seen of the injury, it looks like your standard low ankle sprain. So like garden variety ankle sprain that they call it. Um, you know, one of the ones where you kind of roll your ankle in a fucking uneven brick in the backyard kind of thing. Um, so <laughs> if you've got bricks in your backyard, I'm not sure whether that reference is relevant or not, but um I would say two to four weeks, Max. I, I think maybe it might be worth holding him, Matty. Uh, it might be worth holding him considering next week's round 12. He might miss round 12. He's definitely going to get the buy for round 13 anyway, so he gets an extra rest. Do you, If he's back round 14, do you just hold? Yeah, if I'm happy if he's back round 14. My concern is he's back round 16, and there's been a lot of – maybe he misses round 16, sorry – and I really need him for round 14. I really need him. Roosters play 16. Hey, I need him for that as well. Yeah, they do. Yep. Um, they only play round that's, 16. That's what he's in my team for. So that's what he's in my team for, 14 and 16. And if he's not there, he's probably got to go. If it looks like he's going to be, you know, training around round 13, yeah, let's keep him. Keep an eye out. NRL Physio uh, on Twitter will keep us 
up to date, I'd say, with with what's going on there. Mr. Callio's all over my bloody trade plans. Hylam Lukey. All right, I'll give it up early. Uh, he's a uh, hosking down to Lukey is is what I'm seriously looking at in this next week. And and hey, I said to you yep. as soon as Lukey got that 117 or whatever he got, I'm like, for fuck's sake, everyone's going to be on top of this guy now. He was my kind of guy in my yep. back pocket, and I thought I'm going to keep him there, and no one will suss him out. And then uh, now he's gone and got a hundred, and everyone's going to look at him. So pretty pissed off about that. But yep, what do you do? What do you do? Um, yeah, a few people in the comments are moving on. Hosking as well. Uh, <laughs> Manu, he's a Maori, so he's uh, he's all good to go. Uh, Thanks, Worth Drew. holding. Hamo asking, worth holding this week, regardless if I'm trading Katoa. Not this week, but next week. Manu, yep. So if you're, if you're planning on moving Manu up to 5'8", and you want to move on Katawa, it kind of makes sense. I mean, like, Manu can sit in your bench for a couple of weeks. It's not going to be the end of the world, I don't think. Any more than two weeks, though, when you've got a guy that's 650K sitting on your bench, you start to feel it. And round 14, like you mentioned, Matty, is the is the kicker because that's going to be a very tough round for a lot of people that are holding heaps of para, manly, knights players. Yeah, well, like my – sorry, my 5.8s then would be Dillbags and Manu and two 5.8s not playing gets me an AE. That's – my biggest concern in round 14. Good shout. Round, um, four, Luke, round 13 and a half is my, is my line with him. If it's, if it's after that, then he's gone. Yep. And it's hard because you want to make that decision earlier rather than later, right? You don't want to hold him until round 13 and then realize he's going to miss another week and have to trade him. You'd rather trade him now. So it'll be interesting to see what the news is over the next week. And in terms of whether he's looking like it's going to be two weeks or, or more. So a bit of a tough decision to make for can, a lot of super coaches bring- there. Can you bring Luke Roden's question up for me? Yep. Um, Gusheski's garbage, and Hylam Loki's a real talent. So, um, Hylam Loki's going to hold his spot, and uh, yeah, Gusheski's going to going to be good in a bench spot. Maybe maybe play a bit of center or something if someone gets injured. But like, have you seen Hylam Loki play? Yeah, Gusheski's losing his spot. Three hundred K coach player for a reason. Uh, he's not very yeah, good. The, <clears throat> yeah, the jet ski's gone. He's he's done. He's he's been parked up on the trailer. He's he's finished. Um, so he'll probably yeah, find a little bit of ex- bench minutes. But... Beautiful, beautiful haircut. One of the That's one of the better the ones. Best, best thing about it. Yeah, beautiful haircut. <clears throat> uh, let's quickly talk about the Rabbitohs versus the Tigers before we move on to the cows and the dragons. A lot of Cowboys questions coming up. Tane Milne one thirty one, being the second player. This season that has scored 100 against the Tigers, that the lockdown defense, the Kawhi Leonard Tigers, uh, 131 he got. I mean, scored a double. Not surprised. I actually thought this would be a bigger blowout. And as a Tigers fan, I'm more than happy about this result. From what I saw, and from Jareem Buller is a talent, man. This guy, I think eight or nine kick defusals, eight or nine bombs he took comfortably. Like they were, he was shelling peas. Um, so very happy with with the Tigers' effort. Even though we didn't score points and we need to work in our attack, our defense has been great, which has been a weakness in the past. So not upset. Latrell and Mitchell, though, is giving me the shits. Not too many not too many people score points against South. And I was impressed at what I saw with the Tigers. I actually think as a rebuilding team and somebody coming back, um, maybe Adam Dewey being injured has been a bit of a blessing in disguise. Get Brendan Wakem some reps. Uh, get Jerome Buller in, and uh, he can just come back and be the center we know he can be. Yeah, it's a bit of a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, 
everybody wants Adam Dewey to be back, but is Adam Dewey a five eight? Probably not. Nope. Probably not. Uh, I feel like Brandon Wakem is the next leader kind of facilitator halfback of the Tigers for a long time to come. And I feel like Adam Dewey is kind of a bit of a hindrance, I guess. Gets in the way a little bit of Wakem's development. I think if if Dewey comes back, he should play centre. That doesn't mean that he's just going to be a nobody. It means he's going to be a bloody good centre. I mean, look at Campbell Graham and what he can do for the Rabbitohs. Like Dewey, I wouldn't say he's on that level, but can do those kinds of things. Uh, imagine having a guy that has that kind of ball-playing ability in the centres. Uh, very valuable. My, my best my best comparison is probably Joey Manu. Um, you know, looks fantastic in some other positions, but when he gets to 5'8", uh, yes, he runs the ball a lot, which is actually really good for Supercoach, but realistically he looks a bit out of place. He looks like he would be better if somebody else set him up. And, yeah, look, that's that's how I feel with Adam Dewey. And I love watching Adam Dewey play. Like, you know, we've saw him score some really good super coach points. We've scored, seen him play some really good football. But Brennan Wakeham, when I saw him live, like it's like having Reno or someone out there. He was organising them. He had the really good kicks. He was playing some really good football. And we, you just need – the Tigers aren't going anywhere this year. You just need him to see some reps. And you just need to see Buller have some reps. Like he's a giant. He looks like a basketball player out there, Jerome Buller. Um, yeah, just, you just know, gets Jerome Buller, those big long levers. Jerome Buller finished up his contract. Well, I can't remember exactly where he came from, which club he came from. Uh, but he was, he, he actually, they early released him wherever he came from uh, to go to the NBL. So genuine basketball player. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, and you can tell. Yeah. Looks looks like an absolute talent. As somebody that's done a bit of basketball coaching in my time, I just looked at that guy and be like, I want him in my team. Gold Coast, Gold Coast Titans. 2019, and, um, they signed him. And um, yeah. they let him go early out of his contract because he was going to pursue an NBL career. And then the Tigers snapped him up. Yeah, right. Big play. Um, look, let's let's get going through. Uh, Campbell Graham, 86. Um, yeah, obviously had those try assists to Tane. Big balls if you got Tane in. Look, that was the side that they were going to score this week. Um, yeah, look, Tane just just finished them. Um, IPAP, 65. Is he someone you're looking at? Yeah, as, look, as a Tigers fan, I'll look a little bit closer at, at Tigers players than I normally would at any other team. But Isaiah Papali'i being the best second row forward in the competition in, in our super coach last year. Uh, it's hard not to look at the best super coach player in second row forward from last year. Like you, you, you've got an eye on these guys. Uh, it would be nice if he had the front row jewel, but he doesn't. Uh, like last year, mm. he's got the second row only, which makes it a bit tougher. But he's starting to bottom out. I think he probably, it's fair to say he has bottomed out at his price. What's what's he at? About 580000 Is that right? Yeah. Oh, I think he's about six hundred k, but he'll drop below that this week. Yeah. So... I mean, yeah, it's 587 with a 76 break even. Oh, yeah, so right. he'll drop another 5K. So he'll be about 580. He's bottomed out. 
Yeah. So he won't go any lower than that. You've got to make a decision. And also it's going to come down to how many plays you have for round 13 because the Tigers play 16 and 19. So he could be a beautiful round 14 pickup depending on what his scores look like over the next fortnight. And if he, if I come into round 14 and he's under 600. trades in round 14. <laughs> yes. I want to make about seven trades in round 14 at this stage. It's going to, it feels like that a little bit, doesn't it? It's, if IPAP in round 14 is sub 600K, he's in my team round 14. Don't care. I'll prioritize getting him in. Yep. 65 yep. on a team that scored zero. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Yeah, that's that's enough said. And actually looked fantastic too. That's the best I've seen him look. I think that all everything's starting to click. I worry about John Bateman. I don't worry about IPAP because I know he's at least got that base to um he'll he'll have 40 in base uh just in defense. Um and John Bateman, you know, he looks like he's trying out there. Um scored something very similar to IPAP, but I just really like IPAP. I think that he's somebody that I'll look at. I was looking at him or David Clemmer. I wish that he had that front row forward. You're right, because he would be a shoe in for me. Um, yeah, Clemmer 48 Clemmer has put the brakes on. This week. Yeah, he's put the brakes on for me a little bit. It's kind of like, you know, you, you look at Clemmer and he's getting 55 minutes and he's a preferred front row forward. And you want him to be getting those 55, 60s that he was getting at the Knights and that he was getting in his prime. He's just not getting those kind of scores. So I, I think there's better options than Clemmer. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know where else we need to look, but there's some mid mid guys in there. We've already talked about Cody Walker's 63. Um, look, I think you'd be underwhelmed if you're an owner and, um, you know, not too impressed if you're a non-owner. Uh, Stefano, 46, is enough for me to keep him? Probably not. I'll get rid of him at the first chance I get. Uh, apart from that, not much else going on. Uh, I know a lot of people added AJ and he got 40. Um, bit disappointing for me. Yeah, AJ was a killer, wasn't he? He, um, You look at the matchup and everyone's like, yeah, this is a good matchup. But in theory, if you look at the stats, it really wasn't. Uh, You know, obviously with only one team before or one player before this weekend scoring 100 against the Tigers. like. But in saying that, 26 times a a player scored over 80. So it's like 80 to 100 is that is that ballpark that you're going to get against the Tigers. You're not going to get that monster score. But it looks like the Rabbitohs are going right a lot more than they're going left, which is, I mean, from anybody who's been watching these games, you'd see that. But, um, but if from AJ anyone will watching these games, why wouldn't you go to Campbell Graham? Like it's taking a bit away from AJ, but it did allow us, like silver lining, it allowed us to get a 550K Alex Johnston. And he will come good eventually. There's no doubt in yep. my mind he will score tries. So you've just got to give it time. Uh, they might start going right to left a little bit more in the coming weeks. So 40, we'll just enjoy 40 that. 40 without a try is kind of good for Alex Johnston as well. 
Yep, true. It's a good I point. actually vice captain him this week, so I just thought he could go big. So, yep, yeah, fair enough. Um, mate, before we move on, we've got the second half of games coming up. We'll uh, answer some questions. Uh, Lucianu Leilua. No one's seen him this year, obviously. A bit going on behind the scenes there. Probably a little bit above our pay grade in terms of comments. But uh, do we know whether he's going to be coming back? No one does. No one knows whether he's going to be returning. No one knows when. You're better off making your decisions without considering him at all. Because there's a a really big chance that he doesn't actually see any time at all this year based on what we've seen. So I wouldn't necessarily worry. When you're looking at Highland Luke, you just, just ride that wave. When and when you second last, if they were going to rush this guy in because they needed him desperately, it would have happened by now. Actually, yeah, respect I the mean, Cowboys for it. So, yeah, yeah, agreed. A bit of uh, Jack DeBellin principle, not bringing him into my super coach team vibes. I think. Um, yeah, <laughs> a, bit of, a bit of Paul Cant about him. <laughs> oh fuck! You had to go there. I knew you. I knew you would. I knew Paul Kent was going to get a mention tonight. Fair enough. Hey, uh, Mr. Callio is asking, are you keeping your eyes on Paps? I'm assuming he means Pappenhausen. Absolutely. Oh, I, I thought say he absolutely meant, uh, not. Oh, if he means, if he means Pappenhausen, no, nah, not, not a chance. Um, if I want somebody injured, I'd just go turbo. So, oh, Yeah. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, Pappenhausen doesn't even look like he's anywhere close to returning based on what we saw on the Matty John show last week when he was on and from what we've seen on his rehab in his rehab, he's, he's been pretty public about how his rehab has been going. So no, thank you. I don't think, I don't think this year is even an option. I don't even know whether I'd look at him, even if he played. If, if he plays round one next year, I still will consider not. I probably still won't get him. If you rolled him out at 700 K, uh, he's starting next year. I'm still not starting with this guy. Um, I hate to say it, like I worry for his career. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, Stefanos is asking, do you think uh, Lolo or Taumalolo and Nanai coming back will affect Luki's minutes? I know uh, Taumalolo's minutes won't impact Luki's considering Lolo plays in the middle, Luki on the edge. Uh, will Nanai? No, I think Gashevsky just drops back to the bench and then Luki becomes that. Maybe even Gashevsky loses his spot altogether and they bring another middle onto the bench. I, I don't see them needing to rest um, Luki on the edge, personally. What are your thoughts? I see Nanai and Luki as 80-minute guys. Um, Nanai's going to go off to Origin, which will probably keep uh, uh, Gashewski around. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be worried about... The... Honestly, if you need this big of a deep dive to try and talk yourself out of a guy that's the amount of... that that how much Luki is at the moment that just come off 100, I think you're overthinking it. Um, if Luki's on your radar right now, uh, this 100 forces your hand this week. Um, if he's on your radar, you get him this week. So, uh, I mean, a couple of guys in the comments here are talking about the fact that there's a potential that Luciano Lelou has actually been named to come back next week. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens there. Tackle that Tuesday. We will tackle that Tuesday if that actually ends up happening. And if it does, hey, look, I mean, Gashevsky ends up being the one that drops out. And then, I mean, can we be guaranteeing that Nanai is even going to come back and make an impact into this starting lineup? Uh, Nanai's been awful. He's been absolutely fucking terrible, to be honest. So, I, I mean, can you guarantee that Todd Payton, the king of, I, I'd probably even say Toddy Roulette uh, 2.0 is coming up and he's yeah. going to take Ricky Roulette's spot very, very soon the way that he runs his forward pack. You, there's no guarantee you can know what he's going to do there. 
Harlem Luki's a quality I actually think, player. I actually heard Jake. I actually heard Jake Granville's going to take his position. So probably what he's going to take his position as the coach. Is that who we're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Todd Payton's going to be yeah, replaced probably. by Granville. Yep. <laughs> no surprises. It's probably going to be Todd Payton's decision if they keep losing. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, it looks like people had a good tipping week last week as well. Eight out of eight tips for Mr. Callio. I had seven this week. I got seven out of eight. I got spicy and tipped the Titans over the Knights. I was about four. I actually thought the Titans would win. I thought that was a shoe in. So, <laughs> uh, a few more questions. Yeah, uh, Raymond Crane did the same. So, at least I'm not the only one. Uh, Christopher Maxfield with Haas, AFB, Tohu, Tarpane, and DeBellin. Is front row still a wasteland? Argument for 2RF now being a wasteland. Uh, I mean, the only reason I think people are thinking 2RF isn't a wasteland is because you get six positions, not four. I think that's the difference. You've got a, a lot more spots there. You've got a lot more potential for cash generation there, considering you've got a couple of cheaper spots there that you can use. Uh, I would still disagree and say that 2RF is where you get your points. I mean, yes, you can look yep. at these guys in front row forward. I mean, and if you've got Haas and you've got Tarpany, you just lock and load. But I don't know whether that position and the way that that position plays football is conducive for high ceiling super coach points. You, you, I mean, in the 2RF, you've got guys like David Fafita, you've got Cam Murray, you've got these try-scoring second rowers. Uh, that could score one twenty plus, and Hudson Young, who could score you the best eighty you've ever seen, and you will never. And the the problem is, you're never going to be able to get that try scoring threat in the front row, unless you've got guys like your jewels, like DeBellin or whoever. So I don't know. I I, I disagree. At front row forward, I look at even getting some of these guys in front row forward and thinking that it's a waste of a trade. It's yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to waste my trades in front row forwards. Like I would take forties all year if it means that I've upgraded all those other positions, and you can guarantee me forty to fifty every week uh, for four hundred k. I'm disappointed in forty to fifty in the second row. I'm disappointed when Jackson Ford gets fifty. Like you know, I've never got a hundred out of front row forward, and I don't think it's going to happen this week. So, yeah, look, I've just – I really like my second row forward. I was just talking, you know, took a took a punt on Hudson Young. How good? Feeling really good. I've got David Fafida. I'm going to look at another guy that's got, like, probably 60 to 100 ceiling. Hey, lock up on second row forward. I don't even want to touch my front row forward. It's garbage. Uh, Mr. Callio, we were talking about Pappenhaus, and he was talking about IPAP. So um, we've already covered that, which is good. Oh, uh, yeah. IPAP that's what I thought he meant. Yeah, no. Yeah, really, really looking at it. And speaking of guys that can get 100, like I would get IPAP in my front row forward because he's a second rower. Like he has that upside. Yep, yep. JDB this week, thoughts? It's too late, miss the boat, or would you go Jack DeBellin again this week? Yeah. No, that, that boat sailed. Yep, cool. Uh, Cooper Tron. Mr. Cal, Mr. Callier, just taking the piss here. Cooper Johns, how good did he look? Didn't he look amazing tonight? Fast passes, couple of line breaks, Schuster. Please come back. Yes, I agree with this. Uh, Cooper Johns had a stinker. So I'm sure, and from what we've heard, Schuster's back next week. So uh, you won't have to worry about Cooper Johns stinking it up anymore if you're a Manly fan. So good times. Let's move on. You're a, uh, you're a backup. 
you're a backup five eighth halfback. What do you expect? And he's not super coach relevant. No one's picking him, so not a big deal. Um, Cowboys 42 beat the Dragons 22. Plenty of points scored in this one. The Cowboys actually finally look like a football team. Hylam Lukey 121, Holmes 92 for anybody who held. I saw, you know, like 1,350 people uh, sold Holmes this week. And people are like, did you know that he plays the Tigers in two weeks? And they no one scored a hundred against them. I'm like, who gives a shit? They're playing the Dragons this week. He Holmes could score 150 <laughs> this week comfortably. Uh, like, I, I the logic wasn't there to sell Holmes this week. Uh, I think it was people looking for a bit of a cash grab to upgrade elsewhere, or looking to go up to an AJ or sideways to an AJ or something like that. But you just don't need to. You got a goal kicking center wing origin player that uh, is on a. I mean, Cowboys have been shit, but still quality player. You know, like in those games where they lose by 24, 26, when they lose by four tries, he was still banging out 60 or 70. Um, I'm really glad that those couple weeks that I really wanted to get rid of Val, I've held. And, um, yeah, he's rewarding owners right now. Um, The Cowboys look like a football team once this golden draw is finished. And, um, yeah, maybe Val's somebody that I can look to hold through that period because – He's looked phenomenal. He looks like somebody I want to finish the year with right now. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. I'm probably still going to sell. I still feel like advantage – he plays one game in four weeks from round 13. I feel like I'll just take advantage of that and I'll just play yep. someone who's going to play three games out of the four or maybe even four out of the four. Um, bank some points. And then maybe I'll get Val back in. After Origin, maybe round 20, he's a he's a buy. So we'll we'll have a look then. Um, Jack DeBellin, Ben Hunt, and Kyle Felt all got 84. Uh, Hunt and Felt, not really super coach relevant, but JDB, 84. Scored a try, though. Um, your boy, the Whisperer, not exactly impressed with Jack DeBellin's line break and try with an 84 this this weekend. Um, I'd be I'd be happy with it, personally. I'll, I'll take 84, thanks. I'll take 84 from any front row forward any week. Especially if they're scoring meat pies for me. It's not a problem. You can come straight into my team. Yeah, thanks. and I, I think like, 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 and I think you remember like he's a guy that watches football like us. It's like me talking about Cody Walker and uh, Jackson in the comments saying, you know, sixty three, but he didn't do anything. Well, I'm thinking sixty three, and he just won by twenty and played the Tigers. As and a he didn't do anything. Yeah, you that's can a positive. Into, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and like the same thing as a Jack DeBallon owner, you're being like, you beauty, 84, you know, probably a little bit salty that he doesn't own Jack DeBallon. I'm salty that I missed the boat on Jack DeBallon. Um, and yeah, he rewards guys that, that, you know, put their faith in him. The worst fucking part is that I suggested Jack DeBallon about a month ago and I still didn't pick him. I'm I'm really dirty. I'm really dirty on myself, man. Like I just didn't back myself. I, I thought, oh, Jack DeBellin's a great shout. I didn't hear that. Yeah, I bet you didn't. I bet you didn't. Right, only in your bloody <laughs> inbox for the last 28 days straight, I reckon, about Jack DeBellin. Do I pick Jack DeBellin? Should I go somebody else? Uh, probably sick of hearing about the bloke. Uh, busts for this game. Jaden Sullivan with a three. The hook. Got the hook. Uh, and uh, Sullivan was... shafted. After a couple tries last week, I just don't know what he was thinking and I'm not an NRL coach but it kind of looked like the sin bin was a little bit soft didn't really look like his fault 
And yes, he got sent for 10. Yes, they let in a couple tries while he was in. And it, you know what, that doesn't cost you the match when you're the Dragons. But yeah, it did put it out, you know, put them out of their misery early. I still get Sully back in and have a dig. Uh, Moses Mbai wasn't that guy. Um, ben Hunt at nine. Like, did he just have regret that he was moving Ben Hunt to nine and Sully in after a couple of tries the week before? Because I do not understand this one bit, and I wouldn't be surprised um, if he goes all Monty Williams this week. And uh, yeah, he's Max <laughs> gone this week. <laughs> two two references. I think I referenced sports. about seven sports yeah. in that round. <laughs> yeah. That is very impressive. I am very impressed. I know that Rob and Mick are going to be stoked that you've just mentioned an, an AFL player that wasn't named Darcy. So you've done so incredibly well there. Well played. Um, so is Matty Garrett yeah. from our NBA show, I think. He so. will. He will be very happy. Very happy. No, no, he is Monty, he is Monty Williams this week. He has to be. He has to be. Um, he's he's the only other guy. Not a chance. Yeah. The only other guy we need to mention is Tyrell Sloan. And if you didn't sell him this week, you need to sell him next week. Uh, it's 29. He's going to start bleeding some serious cash now. I mean, you got him in to to gain you the big cash and the minor. I've ne- Actually, it's very rare to see a guy that goes from minus 35 or minus 40 break even to losing cash in a fortnight. That is that is very impressive from a super coach perspective. And only Tyrell Sloan could do that. I walked outside this weekend. The birds were tweeting. The sun was shining, and I didn't own Tyrell Sloan anymore. And I was a happy man. It's, it's a good feeling. It's like a load off. I just like it. Just goes to show sometimes you see everybody get on a bloke, and you know what? You'd be happy if you got on with everybody in Jack DeBallon, and he wasn't on your radar. Should have been good footballer. But Tyrell Sloan scored a couple 90s. I jumped on the bandwagon and I was disappointed. Next time I'm just going to do a bit more research and trust my gut. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, Raymond Crane is going to hold Val. Fair enough. I mean, if you've got enough depth to cover, that's great. Um, I just feel like when you look at the amount of games he's going to play in the next six weeks, it's probably worth trying to find someone else at that price. But that's, that's fair enough. Uh, Mr. Callio, did you guys share your thoughts on Harrison Edwards? Yeah, we did at the start. So when obviously this live finishes, man, go back and have a look. Uh, we'll both, I guess, shortcut. We'll both be looking to get him in this week. It, it makes sense in a pretty shitty front row forward position to get him. So I like yeah, it. He's a lock for me. Uh, Raiders 26, Eels 18. Your boy had a young 78 with a try. Uh, Jermaine Hopgod is the God again with an 80. And Tarpany 68, after he looked like he was just about to be missing a month, come back on the field like the Terminator and just punched out a 68. Happy days for owners. Matt, he looked fantastic in the minutes he played. I just, you know what? The silver lining is if somebody, if some of these guys get picked for origin, then hopefully Tarpany, he'll score 100 every week if he gets 60, 65 minutes. He'll he looked phenomenal. Hudson Young looked phenomenal. The Eels are a good football team, and they dismantled them. Yeah, I um, um... Fogarty ran ran the boys around like that was so good. I I'm actually been really impressed with the Raiders, and I'll probably, you know, I'll look at my buy planning and maybe even look back at our at our episode that um that big planner is my screensaver at the moment. But yeah, if it works, I want more Raiders in my team. They've got points in them. Yeah, I, I played Jared Croker this week. He got 29. He was my worst score, or 32 or something. He was my worst scoring center wing, and I, I picked him over to Ruva. so good from me. Um, but, I mean, the matchup was nice. 
uh, I think left centers score like the six amount of most amount of points against uh, the Eels. So I, I just thought oh, I'll back the stats, but didn't work out. But anyway, that's okay. Um, otherwise, I mean, like Raiders are a really good target, like we mentioned in the biplanar episode for for round thirteen. So start having a look at those guys. Busts though, Sean Lane going down with a hammy for thirty four. It looks like he's going to miss two to four weeks, depending on severity. He could miss round. Actually, probably will miss round thirteen. Now I would say. Uh, which is a bit of a bummer yep. considering. I think I saw a couple of comments in the chat uh, talking about the fact that Sean Lane going down has ruined their by planning. Uh, Hayes Dunster, 24, also a bust. Corey Horsburgh, I'd probably call it a bust at sub 50, 49 he ended up with. Uh, and and to be fair, he's in the bust category because it was a bloody shit punch. If you're going to hit someone, you've got to get him good, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um also, like, lost his curl, uh, might have lost himself a chance of an origin spot. Hope he gets a few weeks as a non-owner, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That would be fantastic if he did. I mean, I'm sorry to anybody who's went a couple of weeks ago and picked him up because we actually recommended him out of him and Jack DeBellin. We thought Horsburgh's probably the play, but uh, that's the. Oh, but honestly, that is the risk when you take a guy like Horsburgh. He's a hothead. Uh, he loves to get in a fight. Loves to get sin binned. He's got a, you know, he's got a temper on him. So that's what happens when you pick a bloke like that. So uh, unfortunately, you've you've seen the kind of result from from that this weekend. But again, fifty. I mean, he got fifty. Who cares? It's really not that bad. Uh, it could have been much worse. So, got fifty after you get minus ten for a sin bin. So um, and you miss ten minutes at, of points. You're looking at sixty. Yeah, and he played really well. Yeah. So he could like, have scored seventy comfortably. Maybe he's. Maybe he's a guy that you watch with your eyes closed. Um, I wouldn't be watching Raiders as a, games as, a, as a non-owner. Yeah, yeah, true. I could, but yeah, no. Happy with Tarpany. Happy with Hudson Young. Um, yeah, look, there's. I don't think there's much else to talk about with those guys. Um, there's a few mid guys like Maddo, Gutho, Dillbags. Hey, at least they did us a favor and got fifty to sixty. If you are owners uh, in. Would you say that the Eels look terrible? Yeah, they were like they look pretty ordinary. It, I mean, look, we know that Mitch Moses missing this game. They missed their organizer. They they just looked a little bit lost. And understandable. You, you take your halfback out of any team and they're gonna look lost. So I'm not surprised. All right, let's yeah, move on. Fair enough. Knights, but when, Knights, when they lose to the when when they lose to the Sorry, when they lose to the Titans, this is an excellent segue to the Knights. Mm. Um, and you see the way that the Knights played the Titans. I just start to think that the Eels are not premiership contenders at all. They're not even nah. going to be on our radar. They might not be in the eight. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree with you on that one for sure. Um, Knights, Titans. So we move into the Sunday games now. For feeder 103. Oh, so close to going captain. On Fafita this week instead of Nico Hines. I thought, oh, let's get a bit spicy anti-pod him, but it just didn't make sense. The the matchup, the Sunday afternoon, it, it didn't make sense to go against Nico, and I'm still not upset. I mean, look, hey, I'm, I'm 40 points behind, but at the end of the day, the stress of watching Fafita have to run the full length of the field to get himself 103 isn't worth me than just being able to ride Nico's coattails into an 81 where it looked like he did nothing. So... I'll um I'll bank Nico's eighty-one. Yeah, and I think you made the right call. Like, trust me, I look at it and you just see the upside with Nico. And honestly, Nico's updates could get you over the line still. 
I'm happy with Fafida. Uh, you know what? He's worth 800K now and he scores phenomenally. But yeah, look, you, you captain Nico, you had that upside. You missed out and you were there with 76% of the top 10%. So, A couple of weeks ago, we spoke about Kalen Ponga and we thought, you know what, if he bottoms out at like 400K, I'm just going to grab him. He he will be the fullback for Queensland in, in Origin 1 in two weeks' time. Uh, 86, looked a million bucks, just absolutely shredded the Titans apart. And we're talking about the Titans, who actually don't even know what defense is. So, I mean, do we take with this a grain of salt? Probably. But still, he looked good. Like, Ponga just looked like old school kind of pop, what you'd expect from Caelan Ponga, didn't he? He looked, how do I say this? He looked every cent of his 440K today. <laughs> Was that, so he needed to score about th- maybe 38 points for him to be worth his money this week? Yeah, you know what? I didn't expect him to cover his break even. Um, you know what? If you look at your super coach goal, they actually thought that he was going to score 28 points. That's how bad Kalen Pong has been. Yeah, they played the Titans. Yeah, they're awful. Yeah, he just covered his break even. Um, I was looking at it. If he wasn't selected, I would probably add him uh, to move on someone like Katoa or someone like that. Um, but I don't think the team gets made this week. I'm probably going to miss the boat on Kalen Ponga at risk of him getting selected for Queensland. And I think that that's the right decision. I think the team might even be named Sunday this week. From previous years, from memory, I remember that they, they play the Sunday games and then they announce on the Matty John show, they always talk about the origin lineups that have been announced on this Sunday afternoon. So I reckon there's a good chance that happens. Yep. So obviously we won't be able to make our decisions until round 13. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But hey, like if he's not named, he's in my team. I like Ponga. Uh, we've talked about this for a few weeks. Um a few people, crazy praying mantis saying Ponga is MC Hammer, can't touch him. And look, I understand the point behind, like, you know, he cops one knock, he could miss six weeks. So there's risk there. But I think with Super Coach, you've got to find the risk reward. And when a guy has that much upside, you've got to consider him. Um, when I thought it was a masterstroke at 510K, am I going to take a risk at 450K? Every player can get knocked out every week. I'm not basing my super coach decisions around people being injury prone. And yes, it might be the death of me, but it's just the way that I make my decisions around, around super coach, around NBA fantasy. Uh, you can't bet on somebody getting injured. Like Kalen Ponga could just play the, play the rest of the year and not be injured at all. Um, might miss origin because, you know, they're worried about reps or something. If he does that, you know what we've somebody's just rolled the red carpet out and yes he is rocks and diamonds crazy prey mantis but he's also 440k it's also a nearly a straight swap from isaiah katoa who um who is an 18 year old not playing that good a footy um he's still caleb ponga yeah i'll yeah. take that risk and hope that more people don't take that risk yeah that's a good comparison isn't it ponga to katoa you know, the, the price is kind of sideways. Like, uh, that's insane when you consider that. And and you spoke about the fact you talked about NBA fantasy and you talked about not kind of thinking too much about whether players are injury prone or what. I, I want to actually read you my NBA fantasy team in, in Yahoo this year because it is probably the most injury prone <laughs> made of glass team you've ever heard of. All right. So D'Angelo <laughs> Russell. You've been listening to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gary Trent Jr., Malik Beasley, Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, Jason Tatum, Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal. 
Ready? All right, it gets good now. Chris uh, Stapps, Pazingas. Uh, I got Mark Williams off waivers. I got Jeremy Sohan, who barely played a game in the last month. Zach Collins, Bradley Beal, Marcus Morris Senior, Julius Randall, Isaiah Livers, and I also had Ben Simmons in my team. That's actually the gla- made of glass thirteen. Uh, so, mate, if you can beat that next year and you can find a team that is actually more injury prone, I will give you a hundred dollars. That was like the made of glass third team. <laughs> what, who would you put as the captain of the made of glass NBA first team? Probably Chris Kawhi Leonard. In the regular season. Ooh, what about Kawhi yeah, Leonard though? Kawhi. Surely um, Kawhi. Paul, Paul George even now. Paul George so even just, now. Yeah, just the two best Clippers players. Makes sense. Anyway, NRL Supercoach. We're here for NRL. Let's get talking about that. Fafita 103, Ponga 86, Marju 71, oh. and AKP 70. Pretty happy with that little Marju versus AKP little battle that we had this uh, this this afternoon. Yeah, and I'm super happy that I'm playing a guy that cost me 200K um, still and getting as many points as the bloke that's worth 600K now. Um, I've been pretty happy with AKP, and I'm glad I held. I played him over Jacob Preston. I copped a bit of fire on um, on Twitter over that. And, yeah, I know he doesn't have the base, but you have a look at these try-scoring, I suppose, weapons playing against teams that let in a lot of tries. And, yes, I'm going to play AKP on those weeks. Uh, maybe I'll look to move him at some, t- some stage, but I could play him all year on matchups and not be concerned about... Unless I see a much better option for 500K, which is what he'll be sitting at, um, I could see myself holding AKP all year and just playing him on matchups because the Titans know how to use him. He's up there. What would he would be? He'd be the top try scorer this year. Pretty close. And at least up there with Sebo. The when you think about the fact that you've got Kieran Foran and David Fafita on his on his edge it completely makes sense to just hold. If you don't need to use him as a downgrade option, just hold him and just play him on matchups. Yeah, you're spot on. I would do that if I didn't already trade him, for sure. If you still got him, yeah, just use him on matchups and you might get a leg up or two throughout the season, for sure. Well, what wor- like it doesn't worry me because I want to hold him and I'm glad that he's weirdly become a pod from like one of the most owned players to a bit of a pod because everyone's moved on. But everyone's talking excitedly about Will Warbrick scoring when Cam Pereira's been better, so much better. Yeah. Like the Twitter I mean, community loves Warbrick and hates Cam Pereira for some reason. Because Cam Pereira can score you a seven. I feel like Will Warbrick is a little bit more powerful base reliant. Like he can get you maybe lo- as maybe 20. That's probably his floor. Whereas AKP's floor is about a five. Like if he doesn't get ball, he can score less than 10. Uh, that's probably what people love base. People love base stats. But I think we're, we're missing the point here in terms of like the opportunity that these two players are going to get. So I'm, I'm completely in the same page with you on that one. I'd much prefer AKP. I think. I think I've played him three times this year and he would average 70 yep. in games that I, I played him. Yeah, the two games I played him, he scored 20 and I pissed him off. So you've had the rub of the green there. Yeah. I haven't. So um, fair, fair enough. Uh, last game, probably the biggest uh, in terms of NRL super coach uh, for this weekend, Manly versus Sharks. Interesting one. Sharks 20, Manly 14. Uh, obviously the big talking points, Ruben Garrick, very popular, 94. Did next to nothing, scored a try, but I mean, 
I feel like it was one of those games where you didn't really pay too much attention to Garrick and you look at the score at the end of the game and you're like, how the fuck did he get 94? Yeah, I was driving back from my mother-in-law's and like you just expect to hear those guys on the radio as you're listening to it. Like usually, you know, they were talking about Turbo being involved and then they were looking about Turbo looking shit. And yeah, you can like, you know, I see in the comments People are saying that Ruben Garrick's lucky, but this guy has done this for years. Base stats, base stats galore, does it every year. And hey, when you think about it, wingers are always going to have a bigger opportunity of getting line breaks, right? You don't really have to score a try to get a line break, which is what, 10 points. So it's at the end of the day, you can get three line breaks in a game just by making a bust and doing nothing. Being set up by your center or being set up by your 5'8 in the edge and you've got 30 points without having to do a thing. So that that's the beauty of taking wingers. They get really easy line breaks. I love this guy and I'd probably captain him round 13, to be honest. Yeah, 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 absolutely. We'll, we'll cover that when we get closer to first buy round, but that's that's a big shout for sure. Um, Sione Katoa, 93. Um, poor man's Ronaldo Mulatalo with the 93. Uh, they finally went the other way. This, this week, uh, any Ronaldo owners, they got 41. You're not upset with a 41, but, yeah, I definitely prefer a 93. Um, Nico Hines, 81, most popular captain. 80% of people captain him in the top 10%. Oh, sorry, 79% of people captain him in the top 10%. So, fair enough. Like, if you followed the crowd on Nico Hines, you're in a good spot. You know, there's no point. I don't think there was a the feel- point this week in going against him. No, there was there was nothing that told me that I should play anybody else over him. So yeah, I rolled with it. I will look for a pod a bit later on. I'm hoping that some of the other guys just above me uh, tried to get spicy with your Dylan Walkers. Oh, sorry, your Dylan Walkers. Maybe they're Captain Dylan Walkers. Uh, your Cody Walker or somebody like that. Yeah, pretty happy with Nico. Pretty happy just to be set up with some of those other guys. Didn't have to get too spicy. Uh, hopefully, we see some updates. Yeah, fingers crossed I can crack 1,200. I need about 20 points to get over 1,200. Crazy Praying Mantis is asking how he got 94, uh, and he did run across 45. Uh, so he did run 45 metres across field four times. He, he actually made uh, – I don't know whether this is true or not. I'm just going to make this up. But it's got to be a record for most sideways metres in a game for Ruben Garrick. He broke about <laughs> seven tackles across the field just by fending blokes running sideways uh, about four or five times across the field. He, his total run metres would have been about triple what it says on the NRL app. So, uh, yeah, I, I completely understand what you're saying. Crazy praying mantis. Uh but the points are there. You just got to enjoy the Have you seen Joey Manu play any week or Reese Walsh play any week? Hey, Reese Walsh is the scariest player not to own. And this is what I was getting at at the start of the episode of blokes that you were shit scared not to own. Reese Walsh is at the top of the list for me this week. After selling him, that was the hardest 80-minute watch ever. That could have been 200 on Thursday night, and it was 64. And I know he's, and I know he's, 600, I know he's 650K right now but I never miss a Broncos game and you sit there and you watch him and he could be 200 points every week. Like, like genuinely, like he looks like the most dynamic, the scariest player. Everybody gravitates to him, which makes our whole team better. It creates space for people like Ezra, another dynamic runner and everything like that. He's just the guy. Yeah. That's probably why I own him. Like I could have got rid of him at 800 K. But, yeah, scared not to own him. He's phenomenal. For sure. 
A um, couple of questions on here. Shots when it updates. Updates probably overnight. You'll probably wake up in the morning. Your team will change depending on how late you stay up at night. Mate, if you're like me, I'll be tucked up in bed by about 8.45 p.m. So uh, I will wake up in the morning and have a look and see whether I pass 1,200 or not. But I'd say probably maybe 11, 10. 4.30, I heard. 4.30 in the morning is when you usually wake up. (laughs) Yeah, for me. Yeah, because that's usually when I message you thinking about my trades for the next four weeks. Hey, what do you think about in round 15? What do you think about if I do this? Yeah, yeah, I'd hate to be your got inbox. Me, got me garment. I've got my got my garment under the missile and suddenly there's a brain vibration happening. So Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you love it. You love it. Um James Gowing. Yeah, wingers get line breaks more often if the opposition winger is back covering a kick. So if they run it on the fifth tackle, yeah, for sure. That's a that's a good shout. Uh, oh, Mr. Yep. Callio, a bit of breaking news here. News in Dragons board meeting Tuesday will decide Hook's fate. So that'll be very interesting to see like how the that decision's plays out. been made. Oh, it was made about a month Spoiler ago. Spoiler alert. It was made about a month yeah. ago when they decided that yeah. this guy needs like, to go. We just need to justify it, which could have been justified three years ago. They're just gonna call they're gonna call Ben Hunt on his bluff and see if Ben Hunt actually leaves, but also they're gonna finish probably second yeah. last anyway. So they've probably decided then maybe I'd just save a heap of cash. Uh, ben Hunt comes into the Broncos lineup off the bench and we win a championship. So, Yeah, you will, for sure. I, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. Benny Hunt, straight back to the Broncos, drops the ball in Golden Point, off the kickoff, and you lose in Golden Point again. Rodders. <laughs> Takes the headphones out for anybody not listening, not, not watching. Can't hear a thing. Happiest man alive. Doesn't want to borrow me. Uh, Rodders, 12.46. What was that? That's a good finish in the end for Feeder, Tarpany, Hines, Garrick. Nice, man. Good stuff. Love that. I'm actually thinking um, listening listening to everybody. I'm actually thinking listening to everybody that maybe our 1180s, maybe our 1190s are actually actually a bit above par. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Two, I mean, two from, people from in where the, we are in, in the, the rankings. score over. Yep. Yeah, we're not. We we didn't. Yeah. We're not in the top one hundred, are we? Like we're we're eight and ten or eleven thousand no. or something. So like, I don't I don't feel like it's a yep. massive moving week, really, is it? It's not one of those ones where someone no. got one hundred and sixty. Someone cap like you know, it's not like we're the top ten percent captain Scotty Sorensen this week, and everybody else went Nico. You know, everybody <laughs> captained a guy that got eighty to one hundred and ten. So it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Thoughts on trades this week, Matty? Before we wrap yeah. up, man. What are your thoughts uh, moving forward for this week? Not sure. I think I'll have to burn a trade on Hedwards. Um, I've been looking for somebody in the front row forward to shout out and, and you know, grab me. I, I think it could be a cash gem. Um, wanted Tohu next week, so I could be talked out of it. I'll wait till I see what happens with Manu. And I want to get rid of Hosking. So I... I could probably fade headwards or maybe use a jewel or something to to shuffle people around um, if I have to move Hosking. Hosking's just one of those blokes that does enough every week for me to not trade him out, and I could see myself getting talked out of it. Like, yes, Scott Sorensen is not going to score 174 supercoach points every week, and then Hosking's going to get benched. I think Liam Martin coming back might have been as big of an impact yep. like i don't know i don't know what to do with hosking i think manu's decision will be made when we get a bit of an injury update i would love to get headwards in that's sort of where i'm sitting right now i was looking at sean lane 
Um, Sean Lane's probably around 15, 16 guy now. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're sitting gonna, where we're sitting. Be... And if I don't have to trade, I'm going to be a happy man. Yeah, absolutely. I th- I, there's no way I'm not going to be able to trade next week. I mean, I, I boosted last week. I've got one boost left. I'm not going to use that. I'm going to use that when I actually need it. But I mean, I've got three options this week. I can go Hosking down to a guy like Hylam Lukey. I'm not necessarily too worried about Luciano Leilua. I'm not worried about Nanai too much. Um, but I mean, it's a consideration. You've got to think about job security in some respect. I could go Davy Mawali across to Harrison Edwards. It would probably net me about 15K, but it's more like future cash gen. Mawali's out for th- another three weeks, I think. So you're not going to get him for round 13 anyway. So not, I mean, and do you even need him for round 13 considering like it's going to get you bloody 15 points. So it's not overly concerning. Um, yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, Joey Manu, again, if it comes out that he's going to be missing until past round 15, I'll move him. But otherwise I'll just hold him. I mean, I've got five gun center wings. So I'm not worried about that. I can play Marju, Holmes, Johnston, Garrick. So I'm not I'm not concerned about center wing. I might even just make one move. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. If I have to move Hosking and Joey in- Manu next week, then I'll probably just do two moves in, in that way. But if I only have to move Hosking next week, I might even just go Mawali across to Harrison Edwards just to kind of keep the cash gen going. We'll see how we go. I think we're sitting in a pretty good position if we're talking about trading out and in guys that we're not necessarily going to play anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good about my team at the moment. Like, yeah, I benched a couple guys that all scored around that 45-50. I feel like I made the decisions correctly with who I played and who had the upside and who I didn't play. Um, I think right now maybe – Maybe I miss out on Hedwards. Maybe I miss out on a couple of these guys and I just save my trades for some buy planning and be really aggressive around maybe even good matchups through the buy. I'm not sure. Um, I could sit on my hands and miss out on a Loki, sit on my hands and miss out on a Hedwards and maybe not be too disappointed. Yeah, I... Yeah, I'm the same. I want to go aggressive through the buyers. I want to have moves that I can make through the buyers. I, I definitely prefer that. And if that means I have to hold fire on on Hyle and Lukey this week, it's not a necess- it's not a necessity, is it? Just I think people will be drawn to him because of the 121 that he got this week. I actually could think it might be a smart move yeah. to maybe avoid him potentially. The more I think about it, um, especially yeah. if Luciano Leilua gets the name this week, it might be a good avoid. So who knows. And the hard the hard thing for you, which I'm not gonna give you advice, but like I've a few times, and maybe even you with Jack DeBallon, in your head you were making a move for this guy at this certain point. Like I always said, when Hudson Young gets to fifty, that's the time when I move. You sort of said that you were gonna go like in, in our own chats off air, you sort of said, Look, Hylam Loki's coming in for me, uh, when it gets to a certain point. I think you're going to be disappointed all year if you don't. Um, I don't have that fear of Hylam Luki. Uh, and maybe it was Leilua or somebody waiting in the traps. Like, it's definitely not um, Gashuski. Um, I don't think that he's going to take a minute ever off Hylam Luki. He's just a better football player. But, yeah, I don't have that fear, and I worry that you'll regret not adding Hylam Luki this week. I'm just saying I could probably sit on my hands. I was never really looking at Harrison Edwards. Look, he's one good Bulldogs player coming back in away from you know, maybe even yep. getting pushed to the bench. So. 
yeah, good shout. Good advice. Um, anybody in the same situation as me. And, and for me, that's a definitely a consideration. Do I just bite the bullet and back my gut or do I sit and think about it a little bit more? Um, I'm, I'm very good at talking myself out of moves. So it'll be very interesting to see that's whether... That's sort of what I'm saying. Yeah, in on Tuesday. Hey, let's see how we go on Tuesday's pod. We'll see what I'm talking about on Tuesday yep. and we can revisit this conversation then. Um, I want to answer this Stefanos question very quickly. If you had Ben murdoch Masilla, would you still trade to Harrison Edwards? My answer is yes, yep. absolutely. Considering Ben murdoch Masilla, yes, he's a number for round 13, but how many minutes is he going to play in round 13? 30? I mean, is he going to get you 20 it's points? That's great. That's all well and good. How many, how many points is Edwards going to get you starting at lock and playing potentially 60 minutes for the Bulldogs? Um, I, I would make that move. That That's the perfect situation where I go, okay, Ben murdoch Masilla, plotter, doing nothing, straight to Edwards, bit of cash gen, and a guy that's playing big minutes at the Bulldogs for sure. I'd, I'd do that for sure. Ben murdoch Masilla was one of the great traps. Like, like yeah, you hop on. Um, look, maybe Ben Murdoch Masilla gets more minutes under the under the next coach, but at the end of the day, I don't think that he's that good. Um, I don't know. Look, I have probably haven't seen enough of Harrison Edwards, but you can make 140k out of him. You're never going to see 140k out of Ben Murdoch Masilla. Yep, completely agree. Mate, that's about wraps us up. Sunday sesh complete. All eight games. We got there hour and a half. We got there eventually. But um, guys, if you made it all the way to the end, please subscribe. It's the only way that we can reach more people and and we would really appreciate your support. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please subscribe. Facebook, please follow. And obviously, if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please leave us a a decent rating if you like the content. It's the the way that we can get up the rankings and, and reach more people when people search. So we would really appreciate the support. Otherwise... Maddie, that wraps us up, mate. Any any final words before you finish up? See you on Tuesday. Love it. We will see you on Tuesday for team lists for t- sorry, tin list Tuesday on the Insight Fantasy Sports podcast. Thanks for joining us. We will see you then. Catch you later. Cheerio. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 